The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. I am Emily Swallow, also known as the Armorer on The Mandalorian. And I'm just giving a little shout out to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast because this is the way. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 62. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Today we're discussing The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 6, The Tragedy. Joining me today on the panel are, first up this evening, is Andrew Hermes. Hey Father, how's it going? Pretty well, how are you? Pretty good. Good, good. Second up this evening is Mike Creevy. Hello. Hello, hello. Figured you'd say hello there. I was going to say <laughs> chut chut, but I, that's not... not <laughs> there's, no, there's no Watto in this episode. <laughs> and third and finally this evening is Thomas Sanjurjo. Hello, everyone. Hello. So before we jump into the episode, first of all, I have just a bit of kind of shameless self-promotion, but uh, I've already shared it with the with the podcast crew. But um, if you guys are paying attention and are subscribed to the Star Wars Insider magazine, you might see a familiar face because I was interviewed back in February and it finally debuted in issue number 199, which is actually hitting the bookstores December 16th. So I'm in part of their fan spotlight sort of section in the back of the back at the magazine so i've been kind of geeking about out about that quite a bit the last <laughs> 24 hours or so Just yes, have, so. yeah <laughs> um so yeah totally uh an awesome uh, saint nicholas present so to speak definitely check that out if you're if you're at all interested uh it should be it should be out in just a just a couple or just a week or so also, before we jump into the episode, there is a correction that we needed to say from a previous episode. Angela had misspoken, and she had called Diana Lee Inosanto Bruce Lee's sparring partner. And in fact, she meant to say that uh, her sparring partner was her father, Dan, who was a martial arts master. But it is interesting to note that Bruce Lee was Dan's instructor. So there's still the connection there. But just Angela wanted us to make sure that we... Uh, corrected that for her and now let's jump into the tragedy oh. uh, <laughs> such a great episode to have such a horrible title <laughs> well, what a way to what a way to set up that title i mean it was such a beautiful like cute scene between you know din and, and grogu <laughs> so uh, and manipulative. opening no. credits the tragedy yeah. like oh like yeah. come on i, I I literally, I was watching it. Uh, now this time, I'll have you guys know I didn't. I I, sl I slept to my normal time. And I just I watched <laughs> it when I got up, and um, I as soon as it pops up on the screen, I literally was like, "No!" out loud. You know, I'm like, oh, "Did I wake somebody up?" <laughs> just like, Don't call it that. I have to say though, I mean, since this is episode six out of eight, this is sort of mm -hmm. the 
you know, the, the, the low point before the, the heroes kind of take back. At least that's kind of yeah. how I'm optimistically looking at hopefully the next two episodes. <laughs> yeah, except that, you know, they know they've got a season three in the bag now. So, uh, right. you know, <laughs> right. you can take all sorts of liberties at this point. Right. I was, I was honestly, I was kind of wondering, uh, I mean, you know, you know, they're not going to like kill off baby Yoda Grogu. <laughs> like that's not going to fly, uh, you know, but I, um, I was wondering a little bit um, if like going into it at that moment, I was wondering like, is it going to be, like, are we going to see a flashback? Are they going to fill in, like, what happened to him at the temple? Right. That kind of thing. I was I was wondering if it was, like, a past tense thing. Yeah, which, I had the same feeling early, and I was like, sure, 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 that's, that's what they're going to do. That's that's exactly what they're going to do. It has to be what they're No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So, for being the shortest episode so far of the season, this was this was quite, quite packed. Um, I imagine there's absolutely nothing else to talk about. No other awesome characters that may have showed up to you know we should just quit talking now what'd you guys think of boba fett like yeah finally you know know, he for i mean we've i mean everyone knows this about boba fett it's like at, at there's like this legend you know this this sort of like mythology surrounding boba fett you know if you just look at him you know at, on a surface level in the movies he's pretty lame i mean to to most people <laughs> you know uh but he he's kind of garnered this this sort of like infamy through through the fandom and 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 through the star wars you know lore and mythos um and and finally they're delivering on it you know in in live action and uh for someone who like you know i I always thought it was i don't know for lack of a better word cute you know that boba fett was such a loved character uh but you know for me i didn't care for him that much now i'm like okay this is (laughs) you know for someone who was like uh if you're just watching the movies, this guy is a total villain or anti-hero at, at best and like horrible way to, to, to die, you know, when we thought he was dead. And then yeah. for him to come back and obviously confirming that he was the guy that, that, that grabbed Fennec in season one and and for him to be following Mano this whole time. And and, and I know we'll get into all the, the action and, and the fight scenes and stuff. I mean, now we can finally say, I mean, if, if anyone was not on the Boba Fett train, I think a lot of them, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people hopped on, uh, including me. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, too, um, they kept true to the character that they had developed in the Legends series, um, which was this kind of, you know, smart-talking, really lucky uh, bounty hunter that, he wasn't necessarily the best, but he was always in the right place at the right time. And so that last, that last bit with him, when he shoots the rocket off and hits the, the one <laughs> ship that knocks down the other ship and Din comes up and says, you know, nice shot. And he's like, well, I was aiming for the other one. <laughs> that is absolutely the Boba Fett that I love. And that I knew from the comics and all the expanded universe stuff that came mm-hmm. out. So I was very glad that they didn't make him so awesome that he couldn't laugh at himself, you know? Well, and, and I just think, too, it was in a weird way, and I haven't heard anyone else bring this up yet, and it just popped in my head last night. I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone who's a huge Boba Fett fan. And in fact, as I'm watching this episode, knowing he's going to watch it later in the day, I'm thinking to myself like this because I mean, I'm loving it as I'm watching it. And I'm thinking this I'm well, he will feel when he's watching this episode like I think I will feel watching the Obi-Wan series. You know, like there's mm. this kind of like, you know, seeing this this favorite character with this new sort of uh, you know trajectory, 
And, uh, but I said to him, I said, funny enough, what it made me think of right away, like right after that fight scene was in a way, it almost like makes Han's character even more authentic in return of the Jedi, like just how ridiculously lucky Han mm-hmm. is, you know, because it was always a little bit of like, well, you know, Boba Fett where, and he spins around and like accidentally hits the <laughs> jetpack, And that's supposedly the end of Boba Fett. And it's just like, I love this idea of like the idea of Han Solo being up against this guy. Like Han doesn't stand a ch- like it's like we didn't even know how much of a chance he didn't stand. <laughs> right. You know, so I feel like I really want to go back. I haven't had a chance yet to to go back and watch the Boba Fett scenes, you know, in Empire and in Return of the Jedi and just really like soak that up. It'll be pretty fun, I bet now. What I love about uh this episode and and actually it's kind of the Mandalorian in general, is how much they're pulling from the Legends universe. So this this mm. episode also pulled from that, and especially in regards to Django Fett's backstory, which mm, was right. which was really cool. And we'll get into yes. that when we we when we get to that point, you know. But there, even I mean, Tython itself is a is a Legends universe uh, is where it started out, and I'm not as familiar with it, but I know it was I think supposedly the site of the original Jedi Temple, right? Um. Mm-hmm. So and but I haven't I don't I haven't delved too much into that, but I love how they're pulling from the legends universe and their um at least with like with Django and stuff there it's it's very much you can you can spackle it into the legends universe and it works you know it's they they're not contradicting things and so it's it's really cool to be able to do that and uh to see and and of course to see Tamara Morrison back as Boba Fett was just fantastic i don't think i was expecting it i I think I'd sort of written him off in the first episode as, okay, that was, that was his, his moment to say, yes, I'm here. And then we've had, you know, Bo-Katan and Ahsoka and I almost wasn't expecting Boba Fett at all to come yeah. back this season. Yeah. But I just love it. It's all coming together. It's, it's all coming together. He goes back, you know, at the end of the episode, he goes back to Kara and it's, it's just yep. like with the end of season one, when they bring all the really cool characters back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're going to do that again. <laughs> well, and then, yeah, they're pulling back from season one. I, I think we're mm-hmm. going to see Bill Burr back. Oh, yeah. you know? Well, they specifically yeah. asked Bill Burr a few weeks ago or a few months ago, like, <laughs> already in season two. And he, of course, you know, he didn't even hint at it. He was like, no, nah, they haven't con- It just totally blew it off. And I'm like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I guess in, in that line of work, you have to be good at lying. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what they do, right? That's their yep. profession. It's kind of like putting on a face and making people believe something that well, isn't like, really there. Not to get too far, but that's like, you know, years ago when Joaquin Phoenix had that whole thing of how he was retiring from acting and becoming a rapper. And like, it was, you know, <laughs> he's an actor. Like he played right. that role for like months and was on talk shows and stuff. It was so brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and McGregor has had to lie for what? Like 10 years <laughs> or whatever about, about a Obi-Wan series. Oh my gosh. I think he's still lying about it. He's, <laughs> grins, you know, he's, he's like, oh, I don't know. I'd love to play that role again. <laughs> Soon. Okay. Well, let's, let's jump into the, to the kind of the recap here. And, and yeah, you guys kind of mentioned this, that the, the whole episode starts off with this adorable father, son sort of interaction between oh. Din and Grogu. I imagine and he's saying his name, you know, like yeah. you know, playing around and, like, well, I imagine, and yeah, all three of you are probably have had exactly the same kind of experiences with your kids. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially once, once they learn their name and they can yeah. respond to it. Like you <laughs> say it and they look at yeah. you like, yes, it works. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. She's, she's buying it now again. <laughs> well, it was so like, you know like tugging on the heartstrings like i felt it coming you know i didn't know what the title was going to be like you know but it was just like sitting there and 
and it's just so like I'm I'm sitting there like this is over the top. And he's like, oh, you have to go with them, you know, buddy. And you know, you want to learn more of that Jedi stuff, right? I can't mm-hmm. train you. And I'm just like, oh come on, <laughs> like, this is not this is not going well. Your ship's being tracked, you know. Like you just know something's going to go wrong. Well, and you could almost you you could tell that that Din was sort of rationalizing it to himself that he he right. was trying to yeah. psych himself up to yeah. knowing he was going to have to oh. give up. Grogu. Yeah, there, there was a mention of the call of the wild in, in my house, you know, that, that mm. scene where he has to make the, the dog go back, you know, the wolf go back <sighs> to the wild. It's like, mm. he's like, get out of here and throwing stones at him and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're just like, I don't know how that's going to go over with the, with baby Grogu here. He already had to do that, you know, like that beautiful scene at the end of the Ahsoka mm-hmm. episode, like kind of mm-hmm. holding mm-hmm. them and all that, thinking that was going to be it. So this is like even worse. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Th- I don't think they're going to end up going down that road. I think right. I think they're they're trying to be real with the fact that Din recognizes that he he would have to if this is kind of where it's going. But I think from just a a general plot, I, I don't think John Favreau is going to do that to us. Do you disagree, Thomas? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm this is, this is this is the Mandalorian, right? And I know they couldn't like slap the title "The Mandalorian and Child" on it at the beginning. And I know they've been playing with the Lone Wolf and Cub thing a lot. But one of the real strengths of this show is that they're able to push Den out so far into the story, grab a whole bunch of characters, and then haul them all back in together for, for a story. Now, I, I think that the ultimate endgame, all through the show, that the two of them are going to be together. But I think at the end, they have to be split up. Like, you can't have them end up together. So their story whenever the the story of the Mandalorian ends, I think it's going to be a parting of ways of these two because it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense for, for Den to like keep him when he's such a valuable resource to restarting the Jedi to that next, the, the whole next segment of what happens with the Jedi, because he's going to be around for 900 years, you know, and to, to say he's just going to lose his force powers and be around 900 years, you know, that's, I don't know, it just, it, just it, it makes the character very difficult to, it makes the decision to leave him with Din very difficult to agree with. I, I would love to see Din in the, quote, old folks home, oddly enough, that Obi-Wan <laughs> mentioned in episode two. V- visit, I just thought of this, visited by, visited by little Grogu oh. when he's like, when Grogu is as, as if he's five years old, right? You know, because it's like, how yeah. long does this lifespan thing work? Like, geez. <laughs> well and, and we're still we don't even know when like when he's going to get the ability to talk and and right. anything like you know yeah <laughs> yep and how he's going to talk right right was that something that was innate to, <laughs> to yoda Backwards. or <laughs> so yeah. funny if yoda just was really terrible at like grammar <laughs> you know like no nobody else talks like that <laughs> uh thomas i get a feeling that you might be right but Maybe they'll do a spin-off series starring Grogu. <laughs> the Grogu show. Yeah, the Grogu <laughs> show. The Adventures of Grogu. <laughs> okay, enough of that. Uh we go back to <laughs> Tython finally. And, and and again, like this this was another thing that I was I was excited about. There was no random quest that happens before Tython. Tython is just mm, immediately right. there. And I didn't expect that. Right. Some have pointed yeah. out that if you look on the map when he finds Tython. It sort of shows it in the outer rim where he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and in the Legends universe, and I think in canon in Doctor Afra, the comic series, mm-hmm. Tython is is in core the world. inner core. Yeah. So, and it didn't look that I just, I looked up some pictures because I wasn't familiar with it, and I wanted to ask you guys if anyone knows because it it looked different from what I had seen, and um and the whole in the first temple thing, I was like, I thought that was Octo, but I I don't know. That doesn't really matter for me, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. Well, so, so I think in the Legends universe, the first Jedi Temple was on Tython. I'm not sure if that's the same in canon. Yeah. So I I don't know if that's something that they're going to address or if it's just, I don't know, it was convenient for them to, to kind of put it out there. Well, because then they, they talked a little bit about being in the outer rim, uh, in this whole segment too. Right. And, and you would think that if, if, uh, off Gideon was going to, go all the way into the deep core and then back out to the outer rim with mm-hmm. him. That would be really bizarre. So, and probably dangerous for him because right. that's, that's where the new Republic actually is exactly. established. And so I don't, so it, it seems like they're trying to push Tython out to the outer rim. I also saw someone suggest that maybe Tython wasn't the name of the planet, but rather a name that meant home. And so it mm. maybe it could refer to I don't know, two or multiple oh. places, but, but that also doesn't really make sense either. So, yeah, cause I think Ahsoka was pretty clear, like go to the planet Tython. Yeah. Right. So I don't know that, that might just be a continuity error that we just sort of overlook and I'm sort of happy Which, to, but overlook. Nah, no, 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 because this is Dave Filoni and John Favreau. We're talking about, <laughs> they don't, they don't make continuity errors. They yeah. make decisions. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Pablo Hidalgo would have their head. <laughs> I did figure out though, well, okay, not officially, but this totally looked like my backyard. The 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 planet. Like the, the rock it? formations <laughs> and everything looks it, like, you know, it, it places in the Rocky like, Mountains. That's I was it reminded me a little bit of uh some of the areas out near uh like you know the Badlands or yep. like Mount Rushmore and stuff. Yep. Yeah, because I <laughs> like like the plant life and the 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 rock formations. Yeah, yeah it was like oh, I could just go up on Laramie Range and like find a similar looking <laughs> looking place so you just need a smooth circular stone and some large pillars and you can start your own first jedi temple right uh, i did love the sort of like jedi stonehenge thing yes yeah, yeah well, they even cool. referred to it as a henge mm-hmm. so oh i didn't catch that that's cool yeah. yep not stonehenge but a henge yeah so they, they get to tython and we see the henge where where the scene stone is and and din can't land there because there's not enough room so he has to he has to jetpack up to the summit with grogu which was fun we're gonna have to ride the rest of the way with the windows down <laughs> best line yes. i love to see as he zooms past and you hear grogu just a little like you know yeah you know, Wee! again he just loves it yep so he he gets him up there places grogu on the scene stone and then totally goes into like dad problem solve mode because nothing was happening which was like which was seconds. awesome yeah. yeah he's like looking for a control switch to turn it on you know when really this is all a mystical thing not a mechanical thing but and grogu's just playing with a little butterfly and things are just kind of not <laughs> not wor- not moving but I'll tell you, it's just like a kid to wait until the least opportune moment to figure it out. And then they're stuck doing yep. it. It's like, man, seriously, <laughs> I was dying. His little posture. Yeah. You know, yeah. just sitting there like his little, like the little hands up like that. <laughs> Med- meditating really into it. Yeah. You know? Well, and that, that begs the question to like, I mean, and we, we don't know what he experienced and maybe we'll find mm. out, but I mean, I'm kind of like with Din, like what was he seeing or who was seeing yeah. him? You know, what was, what was, 
we see that kind of force emanation kind of thing going on, but no clue yeah, as to I, what that was actually like. I, for- I feel like that's going to be your season or our season two sort of cliffhanger thing. I, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's my yeah. guess. Cause we got to have some action sequence here, but I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of imagining like an end of episode, you know, uh, whatever would be 16, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Jedi boots. Who I, I don't know how much they'll reveal, but I, I, I somebody think, walking I up to the hinge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, can definitely I think he. See that. I think he reached somebody. I don't think they do it otherwise. But I don't know if they're going to tell us. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think for this kind of a story, it would it it somebody had to have heard that call, and we're going to see for yeah. a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but of course, yeah. At the most inopportune time, then Slave One appears in the sky and lands nearby, which is. Also, I was awesome. chilling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, like I said, I wasn't expecting Slave One. I was expecting that to be the Empire. And then my first thought was, oh, boy, did Moff Gideon hire Boba Fett to track him down? Mm-hmm. But thankfully, that wasn't the case. And but that's Slave One. That's the same ship that's in the, the original trilogy. And it's the same ship from episode two. Mm-hmm. So super, super cool there. Din, of course, tries to get Grogu out of this mystical energy field, but is unable to, and it just kind of knocks him back. And so he goes down to try to give him time by encountering whoever came out of Slave One. And we all, of course, know that that's Boba Fett himself. And he encounters Boba Fett. He kind of gets shot at, and they have this, this conversation where... Boba Fett is telling Din that he's after the armor, not after the child like Din thought, and he's not after Din's armor, but he had to relate that he's after his armor that was, uh, that Cobb Vanth had and that Din had taken from him on Tatooine. And then we get the awesome line where Din asks him if he's a Mandalorian and Boba Fett just says, I'm just a simple man making my way through the galaxy, <laughs> like my father before me. <laughs> So two callbacks there, one from uh, <laughs> Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. I'm a Jedi like my father before me. And yep. then, of course, uh, Jango Fett himself. I'm just a simple man making my way through the, the universe, I think is what Jango says. Yeah, he's, he's, narrow, he's narrowed it down a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I, I thought it was really interesting here that he's asking for his armor back from Dead yeah. rather than taking it. And he waited until a Mandalorian had it to ask for it back because Cobb Vanth had it and he could have taken it from Cobb Vanth easily. Like you, you watch the scene and you see there's no way Cobb Vanth could have stopped him, yeah. but he's waiting to like, like, like there's an honor system in getting it back, you know? And that, that to me was really, that was an intense moment. It was really cool, which we see kind of play out as the, as the things progress, but it was neat to see that he, he didn't go and take it back. He, he wanted it back the mm-hmm. right way. Yeah, or or yeah, thinking about it now, or he he realized like, oh well, Cobb Vanth is putting it to good use. You know, he's protecting the mm-hmm. town, and 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 he found his opportunity, like you said, once uh, once Den took it, and he tra- and and he said he's been tracking him, so he he still maybe waited. He's like maybe he realized like, okay, this guy's not using, not going to use his armor, so this is my chance to to take it. Yeah, there there were definitely a couple other theories that I had read up to one of them was in line with, with what you were saying, Andrew, that uh, one suggested that perhaps Cobb Vanth is actually uh, the one who maybe helped Boba Fett 
heal and and from the sarlacc pit oh. and then like perhaps he traded his armor in return for the help mm. okay that makes sense with the so, honor system yeah. you know in, in that sense then boba wouldn't have taken or tried to take the armor from Cobb. the other theory that i had read up on was that someone suggested that maybe the injuries that he received from the sarlacc pit just made him unable to try to get the armor back from Cobb, and then by the time that din had taken it he had finally kind of gotten to a point where he could have taken it back either way thomas that doesn't negate what you were saying about the fact that he he comes to din and asks for the armor he Mm -hmm. doesn't just take it so the only thing i want to ask and i won't i mean i'm assuming people listening to this have seen it but i'll just save for later to quasi spoiler i won't mention but i do wonder why didn't he just take it why why didn't he acquire it the way he acquires it later now right <laughs> yeah oh true yeah yeah, yeah. You know, that just hit me because it was funny because of course you know uh i've heard other you know other shows you know, um that were pointing this out too where it's like what is with din just leaving the door open right <laughs> you know seriously <laughs> like my mom like my mom used to make me like uh, my mom locks her car in the garage yep you know yeah. like that's why <laughs> like we live in a nice neighborhood and you're growing up and it's like just course of habit like dude shut the door <laughs> and then if you come to wyoming spiders you've got grief cargo you like every everybody like come on in wyoming there are so many people that like will you know pull up in front of the post office leave their vehicle running go in and get their mail come back out and get in their vehicle and leave and it's like not a go. problem yeah I'm on the other end where if I'm home <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, I lock the vehicle. And even though there's, you know, a, no chance that it would, anything would happen. But Din, Din just doesn't have that same sense of, of security there. <laughs> He's got one set of possessions in the world that he cares about. It's his armor. That's it. Well, that's, and that's the thing is it's like when we talk about the Razor Crest, like it's not it's not just his like we were saying, it's kind of like his car, you know, uh-huh. before, but I'm like, it's also his home. It's basically yeah. a space yeah. RV. Yeah. You know, he lives yeah. in the thing. It's like, so it's like not locking your car and your house at the same time <laughs> in a hostile <laughs> environment. Like, you know, like you don't know if there's bears. Like, what is there? You have no idea. Spiders again, but you know. oh, yeah, let's, let's not go back to that plan. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure they won't. They, they, they exhausted themselves on that uh, one. I'm sure. <laughs> So it was interesting too. The next question that Din asks uh, Boba Fett is, "Did you take the creed?" Because he's asking, yeah. he's trying to figure out if if Boba is authentically a Mandalorian, and he asks if he t- he t- took the creed. And I thought, I mean that that's such a an interesting question. Of course, he's referring to the Mandalorian creed, but mm-hmm. there, there's a Catholic connection there too because mm-hmm. right. it's totally that's how, especially how the early Christians identified one another was whether or not they could yeah. profess the same creed. And yeah. it's yeah. echoed in the fact that we we profess the creed every Sunday at mass and we all profess it together and say the same thing and believe the same thing. But but in the early church, it was like. You're ca- you're Christian if you recite the same creed as I do. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's essentially what what Din is trying to get with with Boba Fett is whether or not he he has taken that same creed that Din did. Well, yeah, and and not only not the Mandalorian Creed, but he, as he says, he's like, you know, I have you know, allegiance to no one, <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's no creed, you know, mm-hmm. but like that is his creed. But I wonder, like, do we know, do we know what the creed is? You know, because he's mentioned that a bunch of times, and that's interesting to wonder about. I wonder because it's like we saw that that great interaction with Bo-Katan and mm-hmm. the whole like introduction, at least, of this whole idea of like, well, I, I might have to expand my understanding a little bit here of what a Mandalorian is. But he still seems like he's, you know, he's a child of the watch still, you know, like he hasn't 
taken his helmet off, you know. But I think this um, is this also points out to him another reason why his his maybe closed-minded sense of who a Mandalorian is 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 a bit too narrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because right. even by the end of this one he he accepts right. him Boba Fett as a as a Mandalorian. And I and I don't think we've ever gotten a full creed. We've sort of just gotten bits right. and pieces like the armorer saying, you know, things like, you know, by by I forget what she said, but but when he when he brings Grogu by by creed, he has to go take it back to its mm-hmm. kind. And mm-hmm. so we, we sort of get like little hints on what's in the creed, but we don't get a right. a codified list of, of what's in it. Um, either way, Boba Fett is, is of course, trying to um, reiterate that the armor is truly his and that he it's it's rightfully his and mentions that it was his father's and that now it's his. And. He reveals that he has a sharpshooter on the ridge that would prevent Din from killing Boba, which Din was kind of threatening to do. And we get the crazy cool reveal that Fennec is still alive. What do you guys think of that particular reveal? I like her being around. She's an awesome character. <laughs> yeah, she's, <laughs> she's pretty cool. fantastic. And she really shows up in this episode, uh, yeah. too. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. And then, like, yeah, her her revealing like how she was staying alive uh, was 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 pretty cool, if not graphic, but that <laughs> was pretty pretty cool. <laughs> I liked I liked uh, Boba Fett's line there though about you know sometimes basically says you were both left for dead. I, I like the way he says Tatooine yeah. though. By the way, too, there's mm-hmm. just something yeah. different about it. But the um, what did he say? Something like uh, sometimes fortune smiles on the wretched. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so he's he doesn't you know. Yeah, he doesn't really seem to. It's not like he's holding himself up on some pedestal. It it really is just like, yeah, I'm a problematic person, you know. And mm-hmm. and it's interesting because you know, uh, friend fr- friend of the show Daniel Logan, of course, who, who played him <laughs> yep. as the kid. You know, like he's kind of funny in episode two. You know, uh, and then uh, if I'm if I'm right, I think he didn't he do the voice then too for the the character in the animated series. Yes. I think they brought him to yes. do. So you know, you have that that development of that character and, and it had a lot of fun stuff, but it was like, you know, he was kind of like an angsty teenager, you know, kind of character. So to kind of leap out to, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and then, and then in the, if you keep the character going in the original trilogy again, like he doesn't really do much, but look cool, mm-hmm. you know, and I think he has like, there was a YouTube video. It isn't there where they do a, a compilation. I think it's like what, three or four minutes or something total. Like it's not yeah. a lot of screen time. So, um, so this, I, I think this is really maybe, again, it's such a short episode, um, that he isn't even in for like about 10 minutes, you know, or eight minutes, whatever it is. Tremendous. I feel like character development, mm-hmm. much in, more in dialogue than he package. ever got. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It somehow just yeah. works so well. I feel like, and still, still really quiet, but much more dialogue than he ever got in the movies yeah. before. So I think we've expanded the canon of Boba Fett by like three times the lines that he's ever had. <laughs> and ha- half that dialogue is spent making sure everyone knows that Django Fett was his, was his father. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You almost expect him to mug the camera, look right at you and be like, oh, I also played in a movie 18 years ago. <laughs> I'm the spitting image of my father. Like, there's a reason for that. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I do love his accent. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. like he, yeah, he's, he's great. Uh, this was also cool because this, this connected with, uh, chapter five, the gunslinger when we, I think we speculated that it could have been Boba Fett who 
at the very end of the episode, we yeah. saw you you saw someone approach Fennec's mm-hmm. body, mm-hmm. and I, and I think we speculated that w- with the Spurs, we thought it might be Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. So this this was that payoff, which was which was really cool to to see as well. So uh, one of the other things that we learned in that little conversation is that. Boba reveals that the the armor was given to Jango by the Mandalorians themselves. Mm. And mm-hmm. he offers Din a deal that he will he promises safety for him and the child if he gets his armor back. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, Father, but what I, I think because we were talking about this a few weeks ago, speculating, is this not the first sort of official canon, at least like show or movie uh, confirmation that it is Jango's armor? That that he then modified. I, I don't know that they specifically right. ever pointed that out. Yeah, he just, before he just that. repainted yeah. it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's ever been as clear yeah, and explicit. That, so that was that was cool for continuity. Mm-hmm. And 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 it points out that actually that's kind of like Din. I mean, it, there's yeah. actually some, and and we'll find out more later. But there's a lot of parallels between Din and Boba or Django, I guess specifically, yeah. and then I guess mm-hmm. through Django Boba. Um, well, their armor I, looks very similar too, right? <laughs> the, the armor that yeah. that Din wears and that Django wore is very similar. Mm-hmm. And I wonder now, does that then mean that the parallel is more between Din and Django, and then between Boba and Grogu? Ooh, oh. <laughs> I mean, Boba is Bo- the child of Jango. That's true. <laughs> Bo- Boba's armor's green. Grogu is yeah. green. Mm. All right, really off the deep end, connecting <laughs> dots here. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think I think it's it, there was a lot in here that that tells us about why Din, as a foundling, might be might have a different set of standards for what a Mandalorian is, mm. uh, and that that. I hope they explore that a little more. I hope they go a little bit deeper into the fact that Din is very similar to Django in, in that regard mm-hmm. that they play up that. I, I, I trust that they probably will because they've made that connection. Now I think they're probably going to go a little bit deeper with that, but it also explains why, you know, as a foundling, maybe that's what a, an expectation of a foundling is and that the rest mm-hmm. of the Mandalorians don't have to do this kind of thing anymore because they they're, they've got a populated you know planet but the offshoot cult kind of went back to this older version of the Mandalorian where they would find people in battle and, you know, take the children of the people that they killed and then train them as Mandalorians. And that's a very, you know, that's one of those very brutal conquest kind of things mm-hmm. where you, you go in and you kill the parents, you take the children, you raise them as you, and they go out and mm-hmm. fight the, the same people that they used to be a part of. That's what they did with Finn. Right. And, and it's, <laughs> interesting, to, it's interesting to kind of take yeah. that, you know, push that, uh, that agenda for yeah. uh, conquerors and to, to remember that he's part of this, this sect, this cult that was very bent on that old way of doing things. So I was going to save this conversation for later, but I think it might be appropriate to bring it up here. And of course, uh, because this relates to Django's backstory and um, I don't know. So, so they're, they're pulling from legends at, at near the end of the episode when, when Boba Fett shows, din his chain code there mm. there's someone has already translated all of those those characters <laughs> uh which which is really cool so yes um the the translated characters that are able to be read say basically the following i'll quote foundling so referring to to Django, took into blank the year the blank concord dawn which is in the Legends universe, the name of the planet where Django was born and where his family lived. 
Hmm. Mentor Jast, which is most likely a reference to, again, the Legends character of Jaster Muriel, who was a Mandalorian who rescued Django. So who hmm. would have been his mentor and his father figure? Father Fett is also then mentioned, a reference yes. to Django. <laughs> Unfortunately, not a reference to me, but I think that's pretty cool that, yeah. It's, it's, it's in there. It's in there. It's canon. Yeah, it's canon. <laughs> <laughs> And then the final uh, word that they're able to to translate is Boba Fett. So, um, oh, just kind of lost my train of thought there. Uh, oh no, what I was going to say was that in so in the Legends universe, there is a comic comic book called Star Wars Jango Fett Open Seasons, and I read it again today just to make sure that I was kind of up to date on on what was going on. And actually, so this is this is the story of Jango Fett from when he was a kid. His family gets killed by Death Watch. And mm-hmm. Vizsla, who was in Legends, and um, Jaster is it rescues him and raises him as a Mandalorian. And this the, this kind of tells the story of how Count Dooku found him to be the the clone template, essentially uh, from a Legends mm-hmm. point of view. So it's not canon, just to be clear. However, there's obvious inspiration drawn from this. But what yeah. I was going to say was that in in this comic series. Django is brought into the the group that's opposed to Death Watch versus oh, okay. Din, who mm-hmm. is a child of the Watch. Yeah. So I don't I don't that's not at all clear in canon whether or not that's the same is true. But in the Legends universe, Django was he actually kills Vizsla by the end of it. Um, hmm. So, again, not canon, but but Legends. That's so cool. I don't know if that's going to play a role at all. But as you, as you were talking, the parallels there, but mm-hmm. even though yeah. Din is a child of the watch, Django and then Boba by, by uh, connection would not be a child of the watch. Okay. Now that I've got all my legends geekiness out of my system, <laughs> I got to find my spot again. Oh, uh, the em- empire shows up of course, right at the inopportune time again. Did those drop ships remind you guys a lot of the ones in force awakens? I they, thought they, they were really, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah, reminisce. Yeah. Like the, the first order ones, I thought they really looked similar. I haven't seen the force awakens, uh, recently enough to, uh, to make that parallel, but it's, it's likely. So the empire shows up, stormtroopers start spilling out of this transport. Din goes up to try to get Grogu. And of course he can't Grogu's still in his trance. And then we have it's like, it's like me getting me, me getting Noel away from Doc McStuffins or, or you know, like, <laughs> sweetie, we have to go. And he's just like, like glued no. to it. Like, oh, no, no. And then we have the the fight scenes, which which are, yeah. are just really well done. Uh, Fennec is incredibly accurate. I was I was kind of blown away by by her. She yeah. we don't really get that sense of her in season one. But in this episode, she's she's deadly. The, yes, the, the bullet time jump shot and like falling <laughs> down cool. and shooting a, yeah. <laughs> stormtrooper. She's falling. Yes, I have. I have to point out here. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I finally caught this. Um, Boba Fett is using a gaffy stick, right? And yeah. that was what was used to knock him off into the Sarlacc pit by uh, Han, mm. wasn't it? I think that I think it was the same. Oh. I'm going to go have to go back and look to think make about sure. That. But uh, I think that's what he turns around and hits him with is this like, I think it's a weighted stick that looks almost the same as that. So well, I, I just got like with his sequences, you know, it's mm. like 
it's so well it's so robert rodriguez first of all mm-hmm. uh, you know in, in a lot of ways but but to me it was like i i just felt like all these like like the brutality of it it, yeah. it was like it was like brave hard you know meets like 300 you know i mean it was just so terrifying especially when remember the one clip where like where he's just walking slow and dragging it mm-hmm. for a split i was yes. like that's just yeah. that's just a little mean <laughs> you know <laughs> And like the shattered plastic yep. and everything. Yep. It was just, oh my gosh, that was nuts. Yeah, intense for sure. That's what I said. Well, and I, because we talked so much before we started recording here, but <laughs> that's what I said about my, my wife, just for the audience. You know, Christine's watching it with me Friday night and she's just like, he is really intense. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> like, yes, apparently so. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's all this, all this fighting and Fennec and Boba Fett are quite quite equal to the task and the stormtroopers even try to set up this heavy repeating blaster and (laughs) i mean and the the mortar the guy like launching mortars up at him and everything yeah you get to see the stormtroopers finally do what stormtroopers are supposed to do right Mm -hmm. they're just like bowl out put all the equipment up and just lay down fire as much as they can yeah and that's why it doesn't matter if they can hit or not they just they're supposed to just right well and and if you have enough stormtroopers and if as the empire you're not really concerned about the individual you just throw as many stormtroopers as you can and the ones that die are you know they're they're they die and you just kind of keep going um fennec also pushes this huge boulder down and it knocks (laughs) out the 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 heavy blaster and i thought of indiana jones on one level and then bowling on another level yes The white so. pins. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know why that stormtrooper thought he could outrun the boulder. Like, just run to the side. Yeah, goes, <laughs> right? Why are you running downhill? Go sideways. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. We get the, the little moment where Boba looks at the Razor Crest, and I think all of us, or at least I, suspected exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so the, the, the fighting, of course, continues. Din still can't retrieve Grogu. He's thrown back again, and instead of just staying up there and and trying to trying to pull him out, he finally decides to go back and help Boba and, and Fennec fight off the stormtroopers. I did laugh a little bit about how because I I almost forgot about Din for a few minutes. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's, like, you know, it's, it's like it's like Pedro shows up on set. They're like, okay, here's what we need you to do. This is the Boba Fett episode. Like, oh, cool. Okay, so you're gonna lay down over there for like 15 minutes. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I had to your kids and like you like you get shot and then you you're out for the round or whatever and you're like, "Come on. Like I want I want to play too." Yeah. Yeah, and of course and of course as soon as he leaves the the forest field yep. goes down and yep. Grogu's done uh, with his uh, little Jedi uh, communicator. Again, the kid timing, man. Yeah. yeah. Kid timing. <laughs> but at least uh, you know, he he then just stays put because he falls asleep. Right, so at least, right. you know, he's not <laughs> off running around causing other trouble. But but I will say my, my kids knew at that point that that was that that something was was bad because my, mm-hmm. my three year old who was sitting in my lap for this episode and this is a, an intense episode. Right. So he's mm-hmm. he's really into it. He's really into it. When the force field fell and baby Yoda fell asleep, he stood up and he was like, like really nervous about <laughs> what was happening next. So he knew at that point that. Yep. It was, that was it. Yep. <laughs> I was like, okay, buddy, just sit back down. We'll keep watching. Keep watching. <laughs> well, Grogu at that point is like the most vulnerable ever. He's Din is not mm-hmm. near him. He's sleeping and completely exposed. So, 
But Din decides to to help Fennec out, and we get to see the whistling birds in action again as he takes out some stormtroopers that are surrounding Fennec. And he offers Fennec uh, a deal to leave because they uh, he he basically said that they've they're they're done with their their business, and um, Fennec shows quite a bit of honor by saying no, we had a deal, and that she's gonna she's gonna help him and help him and Grogu. And then, of course, in that moment, that's when Boba Fett arrives in his armor, which was fantastic. Yes. Just, <laughs> just, just, just yes. <laughs> this is what we've been waiting for for, you know, <laughs> decades now. <laughs> Another opportunity to cosplay. Like, I, I just yes. like his armor and then like with his yeah. leggings or whatever. The the, the, or the, right. It it looked awesome. I was wondering if he's going to maintain that or if he'll modify it, you know, not once he has a chance to kind of, you know, change and not be in <laughs> combat or something. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, his his attire that he had on did not at all hinder him whatsoever because uh, he did was. Did you guys get the impression? Because there was a lot of you know that discussion at the in the first episode about how it looked so goofy in, in, in one way or another on Cobb, on Cobb van, <laughs> you know, on purpose. I, I yeah. felt like this is like, it looks like it's his, you yeah. know? Oh yeah. 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 It was great. We also noticed that, uh, he has these knee rockets or whatever, which yes. is the first time I think we've ever seen that on live, on live action. Um, which of course causes all the stormtroopers to finally retreat, which was exactly what, what we were all hoping for. And, and then he, then he, then he spun the pistol. Then, you know, <laughs> there's your little wild yeah. west thing there. <laughs> and we get Boba Fett to take out the the transport ships with his with his rocket launcher. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> of course. Well, not he in... flip, flips down the targeting computer, yeah. and <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. you get to see the whole thing. Yeah, you know, the whole armor gets used. Yeah. <laughs> and this was a visual callback to the the marshal with Cobb Vanth, who did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also a callback to Iron Man. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. There was other callbacks to Iron Man. In yeah, this I was going to say there's, there's another one. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then at that point, uh, laser bolt streaks down from orbit and just <laughs> obliterates the Razorcrest. No. I, I know there's a lot of people online upset that he's like, I just dropped 400 bucks for that Hasbro. I'm like, I think it's like, I think the reason they made it so nice and so detailed is so that you can remember what it was. When right. you see it on your I, I have a prediction, by the way, and I have no idea if this will be true, but I, I, I think you could see. You know, sometime down the road, you know, grief cargo or someone, you know, you know, hooking up Mando with a new a new razor crest. Oh, you yeah. know, uh, something <laughs> like that. A L- little different, but enough of a callback. We'll see. Yeah. That was that was rough. Yeah, that, that, this was uh, this was the real tragedy. I think that's why the, <laughs> yes. that's what it's called. This is, you know, oh. this this ship went through so much this season. Yes. I oh. mean, it, at one point, you know, it was like just hanging by a thread, literally. Oh. <laughs> and uh, for it to just be parked yeah. and taken out in one yeah. shot, yeah, it's like, come on, like <laughs> there was there was one year when I was. Uh, when I was in college, I was in three car accidents in two years where I was parked and two of them were when, when it was actually turned off where someone just hit my car, <laughs> but no one blasted it into a million you know, pieces. <laughs> uh, well, and then, I mean, Din's 
invested a ton of credits into getting it fixed and <laughs> right like yeah. and all, all the of carbonite course, the, freezing the, stuff like you know yeah. it was his business well even even with the first season you know i mean it was all taken apart in the first season put back together mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah the jawas yeah, yeah. The, the jawas took it all apart so this ship is just it's a tank and for it to just get hit by one turbo laser and obliterated like not even <laughs> Not even destroyed. This thing just did not exist. After yeah, it's, it's almost. I mean, it's. You could argue that it's. I mean, it's a character. I mean, there are plot oh, yeah. lines yeah. that are yeah. sort of like that just revolve around what shape this ship is in. You know, it revolves around yeah. like you know all of that, and and for it to just go away in the second. Yeah, I mean, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I loved it. And just the aesthetic of it was so cool, too, just because of that, the feel of like that old, almost like a World War II bomber kind of like mm-hmm. fuselage. Like it just, it, had, it was such a cool, mm-hmm. you're right, like a you know, character. So, oh my gosh, I was, I'm sitting there like jaw dropped just on the yeah. couch. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Star Wars has a, has a good reputation of, of, I mean, ships do have, ships are characters. I mean, the Millennium Falcon oh, yeah. is totally right. a character. Oh, yeah. And yeah. A, uh, Solo even kind of makes that more pronounced. Yeah. I mean, in the but, Return of the Jedi, they knock a they knock a a disc off a you know yeah. a satellite dish yeah. off the top of the thing, and you're like, oh no, you put a scratch <laughs> on it. And it's like, yeah. no, no, well, you know, by the same token, I and again, this is I I this goes very briefly back to you know when we, some of the ongoing discussion with like episode uh, nine specifically, but but the sequel trilogy and it's just like the stakes question, you know, because you know, and like I always say, like when I'm talking about it, like I. I'm not saying I wanted Chewbacca to die or I wanted the Millennium Falcon to blow up, but I just, this episode really like, I think hit me with the whole like reality again, reminder of like it, when the stakes are there, you yeah. know, and like it's really gone. Like it really, for the story, it, you know, just really sinks it in. It's, it's good storytelling because yeah. you're, yeah, that, that, that was that's life, uh, <laughs> you know, that like, was one of the, uh, there was an article that I was reading that pointed out one of the perhaps one of the issues why like solo didn't do so well in the box office was, was just that there weren't those stakes, you know, mm-hmm. Han Solo is going to survive. Yeah. And, and so whatever happens to him in the, in the movie, you're not worried at all if he's going to come out alive. Cause he obviously does. When even in the prequels, like, you know, you know where it's going, but yep. you know what is going to happen to yeah, Anakin. Yeah. Like, and that is terrible. You know, there's no yep. getting away from that. So, yeah. But with Din and Grogu, we have no idea what happens to them mm-hmm. whatsoever. They're not referenced. They're not in the sequel trilogy. They're not, they're not anywhere. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they could, they could perish at the end of the season. I, yeah. I don't <laughs> think they will, but yeah, but the stakes are there, which I think just has, has a more compelling story, which is, yeah, which right. is helpful. And, and, and with the Imperial cruiser in orbit now, I mean, it, <laughs> the stakes are getting raised very, very quickly. Din tries to get up to get Grogu uh, before something bad happens. And we swapped Moff Gideon, who engages the Dark Troopers. Uh, <laughs> so nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was and, not expecting them to go full on Dark Forces with yeah. the, with the Troopers. That was yeah. awesome. Had that little bit of a Vader, you yeah, know, right? yep. connection on the yep. helmet. It looks so too. cool. I was very excited for that because I remember playing Dark Forces on our Windows ninety five computer way back <laughs> yes. in the day. So. Way back in the day. Uh, yeah, so that, this was like a homage to my, (laughs) to my childhood. Uh, but, but even that raises questions too, because we were, when we saw, uh, a couple episodes ago with, uh, who's getting the blood infused, uh, Grogu or the Grogu blood, probably not the dark troopers. No, it could be because I think there, there was some play on the dark troopers being, uh, dark, like 
Sith powered. And okay. so there, there was some talk about them being Metachlorian driven somehow. I'm going to just throw the word out there because you know, <laughs> it didn't exist at the time, but that, it, would, it would explain so much about what they meant because they were, they were, there was the labs that they were built in were like genetics labs. So they had all these tests, you know, had all okay. these back to tanks and stuff. So what I'm thinking is that they take, they, they build a genetic insert for the droid itself. So it's not actually just a droid, but it's uh, a hybrid kind of thing. Or what if we're just uh, being misdirected here? Like, what if the dark troopers are nothing more than enhanced battle droids that are super effective, but the the Grogu blood and the force infusion sort of thing is maybe maybe Moff Gideon wants that for himself. That's what I'm, and I'm he's thinking. testing That's what it I'm on other people, too, actually. So because yeah. I mean, they did reference in the episode a couple episodes ago the volunteer that they didn't want to they mm-hmm. didn't want to do that because it could kill him. Yeah. I don't know how you kill a droid. But right, right. I don't know. The, the, I think we're going to get some more answers in the next two episodes, but it's not quite as direct as maybe as, as we thought it was a couple couple episodes ago. But, but I will note, we see the Darksaber at the end of this episode, mm-hmm. but we yeah. have not cared about the Darksaber at all this entire <laughs> <laughs> season, except for when Bo-Katan asked about it. That's it. That's like the only, as, as an audience, we're like, what Darksaber? Who cares? <laughs> Which that's, I mean, that's such an interesting point because that was the, the season finale of, of season right. one and it was the big thing. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't even thought about the Darksaber until he pulled it out. <laughs> and, he, and he pulled it out so like nonchalantly. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. you've never seen one. Yeah. one of these? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys think, by the way, that there's, I, I don't know if I'm overreading this or not, but I, you could, you could, probably interpreted a couple of different ways, but I don't know. There's just something about that interaction with him and, and Grogu there. Um, I know we're, we're getting there, but I just, mm-hmm. uh, do you think, do you think Moff Gideon and him have a background? You know, mm-hmm. cause I, I don't know. Like it's, it could just be, well, they, they found this kid and you know, he's force sensitive and they're trying to get the, the blood, but it's like, but how, how they find him, you know, like there's mm-hmm. some thing like, and we know Moff Gideon, like, you know, he know, he knew their names and everything. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's got all this knowledge, but I, there was almost like a familiarity, you know, like a good to see you again kind of thing. Like you've gotten quite good with that. Like, I don't know. It's, it might yeah, be nothing, yeah. but, but it, it's at least open. I think to them having a little bit of a backstory too. It, I think it totally implies that because I mean, yeah. even like the fact that Grogu can't talk, Moff Gideon isn't at all concerned about that. He seems to already know that. Yeah. And yeah, I, and this is, I mean, this is the first time we've ever seen them encounter each other. Right. So I think, yeah, we might get answers on that front too, maybe in the next, next, next season. I, I that's think, next season. That's what I think yeah. Giancarlo Esposito <laughs> yep. himself had said that yeah. you know, in season three and season four, you're really going to hear a lot of, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. there's a season four. Like that's what was my takeaway. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. He, he implied like, oh, that man, we got to wait until season four. <laughs> yeah. He implied that we'd see a lot more Gideon in season three and yeah. four. So I, right. I, th- this is very likely the Dark Troopers. This is where we get the other Iron Man reference. Yeah, the right. way mm-hmm. that they flew down to the planet was totally Iron Man. Which yes, is, I, I didn't mind it at all. I, I, I thought they looked really cool. And they, of course, land on the summit and immediately take Grogu and leave. They are yeah. efficient, whereas the stormtroopers are not. 
Yeah, for but as for as fast as they fly, they walk pretty slow. I mean, I guess <laughs> yeah. that was just, I guess that was just for the for the tension. It's like, well, Din's trying to get up the hill. You know, they're walking towards the you know Grogu, and uh, you know that was probably just more for a dramatic effect. Yeah. I think if they had to, they could probably run pretty and fast. Did anybody but, else shout at the TV? Why did you not call your jetpack? Like, what are you doing? Yes, the jetpack is like sitting there. Why did you not call it to yourself and fly after them? Well, as inverse or someone. One of the websites had that I didn't read it, but there was an article about like, where's his jetpack? Yeah. <laughs> and we've already established that he can remote control it. Right. It's yes. like, it's not like, it, like taking it off didn't matter. And that's what I told the kids. My kids at the beginning were like, oh no, he's going to be without his jetpack. And I'm like, you think like that he did matters? Like, <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's done this. <laughs> he did all of season one without a jetpack. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. That was one of our favorite scenes from earlier in the season, you know, when the, 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 the marauders attack him and the guy runs off with it and he's just like, you yeah, know. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so either way, the, the dark troopers succeed in capturing Grogu and Boba Fett has already jumped back into slave one and is tracking them. And rather than shoot, shoot at them or attempt to destroy them because of Grogu, he just kind of tracks them and, and it goes all the way up to the Imperial cruiser and so, quick, quick question there when he says you know he comes through the clouds and he says you know oh the, you know the empire's back mm-hmm. i was a little confused about well not at first but the second time i watched i was confused because i'm like what about the two transports loaded with stormtroopers you guys yeah. just fought for the last like, 20 what? minutes like what? i was like why is why is fennec like yeah fennec's reaction was like she was so like surprised i'm like you just you literally just slaughtered yeah. a bunch of stormtroopers it could be that it was the imperial cruiser that he saw and not just right i think that's it was yeah. the cruiser itself yeah and, yeah, and yeah. i don't know maybe that has a bigger connection in the empire at large than just maybe a couple troop transports that might be Probably, following yeah. some random warlord that's true. Yeah, I don't know. That's something that Grief said in the first season. You know, he said, you know, the Empire's gone. All that's left is just warlords and whatever. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, but this is more like official. Well, yeah. Those, those triangular ships, they're symbolic, man. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah. that is the Empire. So, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. I, I, I think that seeing that you would go. I, I think I think if Grogu wasn't on the ship, I think Boba could easily destroy that ship because we've seen those yeah, ships go yeah. down yeah. many times. <laughs> There's nothing too special about them. <laughs> well, if you watch my favorite movie, Slave One has those awesome sonic charges that could do yes. some damage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. That is such an awesome scene. <laughs> so, anyways, back on the ground, they check out the the damage from the Razor Crest or the the lack of anything from the Razor Crest. And he finds a little sno- small knob that Grogu likes to play with. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew what it was made out of Beskar? Really I know, right? Exactly. How did that survive? <laughs> it was made out of Beskar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the Beskar spear is the, the only other thing that survived the, the entire obliteration. And it was at that point that Boba Fett shows Din his chain code and, and proves that you know, he was a fa- or Django was a foundling taken in by Mandalorians and that Boba Fett has the lineage there, which directly makes the parallel between Din and Django. And it retcons Django's story. So, yes, in the the Clone Wars, Django is referred to as just a common bounty hunter by Prime Minister Almec, and he doesn't even know how Django acquired the armor. And this makes it clear that Django was a foundling and that he was given the armor by Mandalorians. So he is just as much a Mandalorian as Din is, which in turn makes Boba Fett just as much a Mandalorian as Din is. Which is interesting because, you know, like Bo-Katan is is perfectly 
you know, like she's as authentically Mandalorian as uh, as the prime minister. Mm hmm. But she doesn't even have any, you know, qualms whatsoever about, you know, like Din is a Mandalorian to her mm -hmm. right away. But it makes you wonder about, like, maybe like a purist, you know, uh, ethnocentric kind of, you know, uh, mm -hmm. group within the Mandalore, you know, culture that might be like, no, if you're not, you know, purebred, you can't be one. So that that could be part of it too. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was excited about this because this this oh yeah, this makes Jango's yeah. backstory. He's a Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've been we've been yep. in doubt for for years at this point. So this was this was very welcome. <laughs> Um, and Boba Fett at this point also makes it clear with Din that their deal is not quite over. So Boba and Fennec are going to help Din until the child is returned to him safely. So that is setting up the next the next two episodes. Oh, was anyone surprised by that? Like mm -hmm. that he was so. I was. I mean, yeah, because like again, if you if you just you know in the movies he's just like this bounty hunter that's like uh, you know a hired gun. You wouldn't think he has loyalty anywhere but for him to to say that and to stick to it i mean he, yeah. obviously you know whatever the rumors of a boba fett spinoff show are around and have been around and maybe we'll we'll see why you know how he's adapt uh, how and how he's adopted this new moral code but yeah that was uh yeah that took i just fully expected him to just Leave. you know he got his armor yeah. and you know he's gonna take off with with fennec i i would see perhaps maybe two possibilities there one being that he recognizes the the relationship between Din and and Grogu, and and recognizes the foundling issue and wants to help mm. and uses the deal as the excuse to yeah I mean I want to see this through. It could also be that he is more opposed to the Empire and recognizes that if he also helps Din, that he would be kind of helping them against the Empire. Um, I don't know if that one's as likely. Yeah, because I wondered about that because there's nothing on screen at least to suggest that he has some big. You know, qualms against the empire i mean that's no. all he was doing was working for them mm -hmm. and in, in the empire strikes back and but his reaction to the empire's back sort of had a yeah. bit of i don't know fear oh, trepidation yeah. you know right he's yeah he's he's a, a fish i'd say now pretty officially in the non-imperial camp right right <laughs> for whatever reason so. right right so I don't know. Either way, we get we get Boba Fett and Fennec in the next, at least the next episode, which which will be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the reason he's against the Empire, though, right? Because no disintegrations. That's, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Like, you let him disintegrate. <laughs> Deals off. So we get the setup for the next episode. Slave One heads to Navarro and Din meets up with Kara and inquires about Miggs Mayfield. What? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, he has some ability to be yes. able to to track Moff Gideon's light cruiser. Yeah, that that I don't know. Like, what is that based on, though? You know. Well, well he had. I mean, he 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 was all about you know. He flew Empire, flew for the Empire, right, or something like that. Well, he was well, a sharpshooter. Right. Wasn't yeah, it? but he he had experience on a on, on with a ship or something. I I mean I okay. read something about this loosely where yeah. they tied it to why he would be in okay. maybe be someone who could find in uh, you know the ship. But but yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm happy that he's coming back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so. And I suspect they're going to make it clear why he can he can track them, right. even yeah. if we yeah. at this point don't know. Uh, so that's exciting. That's coming, and then. The, the the then the end of the episode ends with Moff Gideon encountering Grogu yeah. and that that whole scene how it plays out which mm. is 
I mean, another uh, thing to point out about that was it got a bit dark. Grogu was choking mm, yeah. and force pushing mm-hmm. those stormtroopers. He didn't kill them. Yeah. Thankfully, I was very happy to see that they didn't die. But he's defending yeah. himself. But he's also he's like he's, he's force choking them. He's terrified. That was, yeah, and that's that's you know it goes back to what Ahsoka said. She saw fear in him, and that yeah. he's he's afraid of these guys and what they're capable of. And yeah. so you see, kind of that yep. dark side of the force coming out in him, mm-hmm. and getting letting letting him go. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah when yeah when they set their their uh their guns to stun he was like no let's 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 see how this plays out yeah i think that's exactly yeah. what like you guys are saying like oh okay maybe maybe we, we can get this guy on our side yeah that was that was really interesting and then he said something i forgot what the line was but i think he it was almost like saying like oh you've you know when he pulled out the the dark saber he, he even admitted that he he doesn't himself know how to how to use it he's like mm-hmm. he's like maybe you'll you know maybe you know what, what like one day how to use one of these so that i think that also alludes to maybe like what we're, you guys were saying earlier that maybe he wants uh, grogu's blood for himself uh, so that he can be master with the dark saber and uh, you know use the force to have the force bend to his will well and i i don't i think they're just wanting to use grogu for his blood i don't know if they're trying to turn him to the dark side per se because I think that would be no, too No, I don't think so either, but I think, I think maybe at least, you know, that, that thought maybe occurred to him in that moment and be like, oh, well, maybe we don't have to, this doesn't have to be such a struggle going forward. Like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe could, eventually yeah. this, yeah, we can get this guy to, you know, to, to go towards the dark side because, nah, you know. He's loyal to Din. He's not going to fall. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah, Moff Gideon's pride might, uh, might you know, might make him think differently. So that's where the that's where the episode ends. Grogu in shackles and quite quite emotional all the way around. Yes. Do you guys think uh, that Kara is gonna join in or not? Because it's yeah. Because she's she's like legit and official and everything. But by the same token, she's you know it's it's like she owes the kid. They, you know, and I mean yeah. that's the thing that you know they they imply that she's yeah. considering it because Grogu yeah. was taken. Yeah, yeah. Once, yeah. Once you mentioned the kid, yeah, I think she's gonna join in. And I, I, I mean, basically, I, I can't at this point. I mean, this show can't seem to do anything that I don't love, you know. So, uh, so I wouldn't mind even this, but I do wonder if you're gonna get, you know, like how many is too many people? Like, <laughs> right like you know, you're gonna basically have like the you know, the end of like Avengers Endgame kind of thing where it's like you know, like Din and Bo Katan and Ahsoka and like you know, like fifty, you know, like Luke shows up and it's and like, one well, say you wanted yeah. more, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like a giant the giant sandbox. But I, I do it this. I'll put it this way: the the people they've just hinted at least at that they're assembling for the end of this season aren't many of them aren't who I expected at all. Mm-hmm. You know, right? So yeah. and, and I, I got like I don't think grief's coming along. I think he's he's pretty happy where he's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, doing his thing. So it's gonna be an exciting next two weeks. Oh yeah, yeah. in fact, <laughs> next week's gonna be hard because that's that's the the penultimate episode <laughs> that's gonna just yeah. leave us on some sort of drastic cliffhanger. No, it's gotta get well, dark. Let, the, the darkness before yeah. the dawn, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's la- last year. It was you know, Kuil died, and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we'll see that we. Last year, that's when Grogu was captured. Yep. yep. This time yes. it happened three before the end. Like, come on. Oh and then he got punched in the next one. So. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, 
I love how much crap Jason Stake has got on Twitter for that. You know? Yes. <laughs> you know, and he had filmed it so long before, like then when it dropped, he wasn't tracking on, I guess, when it was released. He's like, what is going on right now? And like, oh, yeah, that's I punched Baby Yoda. Yikes. Uh, any final thoughts on this episode before we wrap things up? I, I love the relationship. Was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, seriously, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love the relationship between Boba Fett and Fennec. Uh, this yep. this almost yeah. Han Solo Chewbacca, but if they were more anti-hero kind of thing <laughs> going on, uh, that was really cool. The the way it played out, like they knew each other, they knew each other's moves, they knew how they were going to react to things. They had like you know hand language that they could use with each other. So very well done that. Well, and that brings up you know this question. We don't have a firm answer. I don't think on is exactly how much time has passed, you know, between mm-hmm. season one and now because it's you know again it's. It's been a while we saw from the way Navarro is. So, mm-hmm. so Boba Fett and her have been, you know, around for a while. The only other random thing that I wanted to throw out there was I want to know how Boba Fett was tracking Din. Mm. Because the Empire obviously was right. using the tracking beacon. Unless Boba Fett managed or figured out that he could, I don't know, hijack the signal. But I want to know how he was tracking the Razor Crest. Was he just tracking his armor? I don't know. Can you do that Some, somehow? Interesting. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> or maybe, maybe <laughs> his armor has. Coders. Maybe his armor has a, a yeah, like a transponder code or something. It's that like he knows. Find my iPhone, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Basically, yeah. <laughs> find my best car. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be an app. Oh, yeah. Gonna <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the only thing I, I I saw that was interesting. I mean, again, like you said, Mike, like I want to know who the Jedi is. Uh, yeah. And but I did see I did see somewhere where someone took a, a screen grab from the Fallen Order video game and mm-hmm. the uh, force beam that Grogu was surrounded by when he was communicating to wherever he was communicating looked very similar to something in the Fallen Order video game. So it was another. Mm-hmm maybe hint towards Cal Kestis, but yeah, I just thought I would throw that in there. Or if maybe, I don't know, do you guys, do you guys have any, I know we talked about predictions last week, but that has anything changed after this episode or I still just hope it's Ezra. I don't, I don't Me know too. if that's, that's really going to pan out, yeah. but that's my hope. I think that would be awesome. I just, that one, I just wonder if, you know, like we would know who he is, but I just, nobody else, like, I just, I don't know that they have anything to orient them, you know, to him. Right, be the only issue, but I mean, there's all sorts of people that are suggesting that Sebastian Stan do a young Luke Skywalker. <laughs> that <laughs> right? I, I'm I'm on board with that. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that fan casting. I mean, I mean, it worked for Rosario Dawson. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how she got casted. <laughs> I still don't uh, think they're going to bring a Skywalker into yeah. this, but yeah, me neither. But <laughs> we'll see. Okay, uh, before we finally wrap up, uh, we do have a an awesome potential gift for our listeners uh i have an extra the art of star wars the mandalorian so it's the official art of the mandalorian season one and so i happen to get an extra copy of this and so we are going to raffle it off to our listeners so the way that you can enter into this raffle and this will this will go through probably roughly mid-january so you've got you've got a number of weeks to to jump on this but what 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 I would like you guys to do if you would like to enter into this raffle is email uh, us and you can and use the email specifically Star Wars book at SQPN dot com. That's a unique email that we've set up for this. So, again, it's Star Wars book 
book is singular and then so star wars book at sqpn.com and include your name in the email and the phrase this is the way and we will gather up all the entries and then like i said probably sometime you know epiphany baptism of the lord time frame we will randomly select one of you who have entered into that and then i will be sending you out the art of star wars the mandalorian season one so definitely uh send us an email if you'd like to be entered into that raffle so an awesome thing that we can do for for one of you guys out there uh this christmas season so that is it from us for this episode. And of course, listeners, we always want to hear what you guys thought, um, especially about this particular episode of The Mandalorian. So email us, comment on our Facebook, um, tweet us, let us know what you thought of these of this episode. And you can email us your comments on this episode by going by emailing us at Star Wars at SQPN.com. And you can go find our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Starquest Media and on Twitter at SQPN. And we would like to take a moment now to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including this week, Katrina M., Cheryl P., Sher- Sherlyn P., I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name there, Christopher A., Ed K., and Marie M. Their generous donations at sqpn.com give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows here at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com give. Also, of course, please be sure to subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your favorite podcast player, so you don't miss an episode when we release them. You can also find us on YouTube at the SQPN YouTube channel, and just be sure to click the bell to get notifications. And also, please be sure to share these episodes on social media and help us to spread our audience and share it with those whom you know would enjoy listening to us talk about all things Star Wars. You can find any and all previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars by going to sqpn.com slash Star Wars. And we will be back next week when we will be talking about the penultimate episode of Season 2 of The Mandalorian. So until then, Andrew Hermes, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And Mike Creevy, thanks for joining us this evening. Can't wait till next week. And Thomas Sanjuro, thanks for joining us. It was awesome to be here. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. <laughs>